why he wants us not to have any debt in our soul. He wants us not to have any debt so he can do that. I told a story the other day that even Joshua, when Joshua was going to possess the land, he was called to go possess the land with the Israelites. Joshua made two mistakes on his journey. And it was the two times he did not consult the Lord about a covenant relationship he made. He was told before he went into the land, do not make covenant with any of your neighbors. And he knew that. Well, these foreigners came in to their camp and they said, make covenant with us. And he said, we will serve you the rest of our life. And he said, well, where did you come from? Oh, we came from far, far away, but we come in peace. So he says, okay, I'll be covenant with you. He shakes hands. He gives them a job. He sets them go. Well, then he finds out the next day they were his neighbors. And then Joshua realized, I never asked the Lord if I should be in covenant with him. So guess what? Now he had to keep them. They became slaves, but he had to keep them. And the two times Joshua missed it was when he didn't ask if he should be doing it. Okay. Our relationship with the Lord is so important because he guides every single step that we take and every decision that we make. He wants to be involved in all those decisions. And I tell this story all the time. When I first started developing my relationship with the Holy Spirit, knowing that it really breathes and it wants to communicate, I didn't know that when I came into this ministry. I was like, hey, I would sit there. All you have to do is invite it in. Thank the Lord. And you will start feeling a buzz that overtakes you from the inside out. And then you can actually start communing and getting answers from God. There is a place where we can receive answers from God for the directions and the things that we need. And there are times he doesn't answer. So you don't worry about that. But you keep pursuing him. All right. So we have to search the scriptures because the Lord says when you search the scriptures, you're going to show yourself approved. Now, I'm not going to go to this first. I want to look at this first. Everyone who seeks God, God wants to stamp approved. What is he showing his stamp approval of? Showing you his power and his glory. That's when he stamps you approved. You are my son because now I just approved you and you experienced something of him that nothing on earth could do. I know everybody in here has experienced a miracle from him, something that he couldn't, your knees, somewhere that was her time to receive a healing. And God said to her, you are approved. And boom, gave her her healing. Okay, God wants us to recognize that in relationship, we have to run to him, we have to seek to him. And this is a, this really, I saw this sentence, I'm going to read this sentence. And this sentence really hit my spirit. And for days... I was working it in my, in my soul. My spirit was kind of working out. And the sentence is, and I'm sure you've all heard this, a seed of his promise is sown into the soul of your need. Now I'm going to read it really slow again because I don't know how many people have heard this in ministry. A seed of his promise is sown into the soul of your need. Soil. Oh, <laughs> soil. Thank you. A seed of his promise is sown into the soil of your need. Okay. Now I'm going to break this down. When we talk about a seed, when it comes in the Bible, the seed is the word of God. Okay. So when we're seeking to understand something, God wants to give you a seed. He wants to give you a word. All right. But in the earth, 
the little box at the bottom, the earth, there's also seeds of the earth. All your possessions and things you have are seeds. Okay? So things that you actually possess, your money, your time, things like that are actual seeds that we have to engage with the earth. All right, so that's that column. A seed of his promise. Everybody in here has a promise. And what's that promise? To be debt free. Everybody in here has a promise to be whole, to be redeemed. And for something, if you have an ailment, a health issue, do you know God wants to prove his glory and his power by healing you? If you have a debt, God wants to prove his power and his glory by relieving the debt. If we have, um, if we have a bad relationship, God wants to prove his power and his glory through his relationship to alleviate that. So he has promises. Do you know the Bible has thousands and thousands of promises that he has promised? Everybody in here can write a promise that God has said to them. All right. But remember, every season has certain promises that God's going to work with you every year of your life. So we can't take the Bible and then meditate on all the promises one night. You know what I mean? We can't speak out all 3,600 scriptures that are promises and think we're going to get all 3,600 promises later. Do you get what I'm saying on this? We have to know he has promised us something every year. He has promised us a change. He has promised us a victory. And guess what? How do you know he promises you something? Because it's in your spirit first. And then somewhere somebody prophetically backs it up. Backs it up and you're like, hey. Do you know what I mean? If you have to work on unforgiveness with a family member, guess what happens? God starts putting that person on your what? Soul. And your spirit. And then somewhere it's confirmed you got to work out unforgiveness with a person. Do you know what I mean? Why is God showing you that? Because he has a promise he wants to give you. We have to possess the soul land because we can't receive the things of the horizontal, the things of the plane around us until this gets right. Until we possess this land, then we can experience the good of a land around us, the actual manifestation. All right. But we, we have seeds. We have words of God and we have things on earth. We actually have to sow those things into a soil. Okay, well, there's only two types of soil. The first soil is our what? Soul. Our soul is the New Testament garden. It is the place, the platform that Jesus wants to sanctify so you can do what you're asked to do. But the only way he can do that is Jesus has to sanctify the soul by you meditating on a word. Man, you'll never receive a promise until you know what word to plant in your soul. Okay? So, we have to sow into the soul, our soul. I'm not, you're, the, when we get a word, we're to meditate on it. When we get a word, we're to study it. When we get a word, we're to what? Confess it. When we get a word, when we get a word that backs up what God said he's promising us, and we seek that scripture, and we meditate and we keep it, Okay, you're planting it in what? The soil. Why are you doing that? Because sometimes our soil is so hard. Our soil, our thoughts are so hard that only the word of God can start breaking and tilling it up. Only the word of God meditated on can start making you think differently. Man, it takes time to think like that. Do you know what I mean? I just know that when I started opening the Bible, 
I agreed. Gene said this one time. I agreed with him. He said, I looked at that word and I knew I didn't want to deal with that. So I moved on to another word. (laughs) But see, that's not how God works. When God's looking for us to be redeemed, he gives us a word that he's like, that's the one I'm asking you to focus on now. Not the one you want to pick and choose. When you're in relationship with God, he opens up the, you open up the Bible. He shows you something and you get wiggly about it. Keep holding on to it. Because if you're wiggly about it, that's part of the promise. Okay? Now, there are two parts. Remember, relationship with God, our first soul that he wants to sanctify is our soul. That is the first soil, I'm sorry, is our soul. But then the second soil is the earth around you. And that has to do with another person on earth. When it is time to sow, to sow... The first thing you have to sow is what? Your soul. The second thing you have to sow into is you have to sow something physical into an other that will redeem their soul. This is so deep because when you get this part of how to sow your seeds, then you can start receiving the promises God has for you. Okay? And we sometimes we all, sometimes people can just think it's about money. Well, no, part of the promise can be financial, but it's not just money. I remember when the Lord, I I started coming to this ministry and I really love my jewelry and I love telling the story because I remember coming in here and I heard that morning, you will give away all your jewelry. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure if I really heard that. Okay. (laughs) Because I've got some Mickey Motor Pearls, some stuff from Tiffany's. Like I'm just like, I had a, I had an engagement ring that was $29,000. It was a two carat and it was a DIF, everything awesome. But I'm not engaged to this person anymore. Rachel wants this diamond. <laughs> I even still have, I, you know, I mean, it's just funny how I was engaged to this person. I still had the ring and I'd still wear it because I would look at the ring. I would go like this. It just was so beautiful. That's really how I was. And my Mickey Motor Pearls shine so awesome. I would look at them in the mirror. I wasn't even looking at me. I was looking at my pretty Mickey Motor Pearls. Well, anyway, I laugh about it because... When the Lord was telling me and start, he was working in my spirit first, he started telling me, you're going to give away all your jewelry. I was like, yeah, I heard that, but I didn't connect with that until God assigned a different person to receive it on the earth. See, God had a promise for me. And whatever that promise was for my season, God was showing me scripture about sowing. I didn't, Gene and Gene did not teach me about sowing. The Holy Spirit taught me how to sow. And then it was backed up by this ministry. I'd be like, light bulbs would go off. And I'd be like, oh, hey, that's what I'm doing. Hey, I'm doing that. I'm sewing, right? There has to be sewing. We have to have time and relationship with the Lord where we are sowing into our soil the word of God. And then he puts in our spirit something now we have to push out to somebody. Okay, I use jewelry as an example because God knew, obviously, I held a debt in my jewelry. Isn't that powerful? I didn't have a debt on my jewelry, but I held a debt about my jewelry. And I'm going to tell you, I came in here. Now, you know how God's so awesome? When you're lingering and you're not listening to him, he gives you somebody, boom, that rebukes you. I wasn't doing anything about it. And then all of a sudden, Lee Hatchett, this lady came in and she looked at me. She looked at my watch. She looked at my bracelet and she said, jewelry holds, jewelry can hold evil, can hold evil things. I was like, I was like, I looked at I was like, what do you mean? She goes, jewelry can hold dark things that you're holding on to. 
It can hold matter that's not God. I was like, all right, but I didn't feel good when she said it. So I'm taking my watch off. I'm taking my brace. I took my, I took all my, I stripped that, just that moment because it didn't feel right. Why didn't it feel right? Can you fix the music, please? I don't, let's put on, um, just put something different that's consistent. I'm not liking that. I don't like it when it dies and I'm still flowing with it. And then it's like, oh, I realize it's not there. Okay. Anyway. But there, when God had me strip it down, then now I was willing and obedient. I took it all off. I laid it along the table. And over a three-month period, he dispersed it. He didn't do it like that. He said, give this necklace to this person. Give this to this person. Give this to the, I mean, it was, Rachel was having a conniption. Because Rachel's like, Mom, what are you going to give to me? <laughs> but the Lord had made me save the pearls, especially for her. Because somebody had promised to give her pearls when she was 16. And I knew that person wasn't going to keep the promise. So I kept the pearls all for her when she turned 16. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really was led by the Lord, not by my soul. And every time I released a piece into the earth to another, something in my soul now started to get redeemed by God. And God was preparing me to receive my promise, which my promise is always connected to my need. Okay, so the Lord gave me this chart to try to help people know as they're moving out of debt. I really got this this week. I only shared it with Carl and Jean. And the Lord showed me, he put, before we can manifest anything on earth, it must be birthed by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so everybody in here has a need, right? Raise your hand if you have a need, right? Well, in there, you write, it could be your health. It could be finances, whatever it is. God is working on one thing for the season. So I'm going to use finances as an example because Jean taught on finances. If finances is a need, it's a need because you don't have enough money to pay whatever bills you have. Why? Because there's a debt somewhere. One, there's a debt on earth, whether you owe somebody money, but there's also a debt in the soul. And you don't know where. There's a verse. This is awesome. It says this in the, it says this in the Bible. And I thought this was really good because it made it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Okay, we got to get this. Our soul has to get renewed so our soul can go to heaven. Our spirit, if you're saved and born again, your spirit's already going to get what? Eternal life. But he wants our souls up in heaven. He wants us to have a renewed soul so that when we go to heaven, we're actually going to experience things in heaven with a heavenly body. We are, the measure you grow on earth is the measure you're going to experience in heaven. I want you to think about this. That was like when you really read the scriptures, he talks the spirit is saved, but the soul is not. And he already says that we live in a time where soul our soul can bring heaven on earth now. So we just don't get eternal life because we're saved. We also can have what? Abundant life here and now. But the abundant life comes with the change that you have. Materialism is one of the worst things that we live in the United States. Materialism, 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 getting, getting, getting. But we've got to invite God into that receiving because we, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul. 
All right. Those are people who don't even seek God, don't even look to God. And they, and they could gain a lot of possessions, but if they're not having their soul renewed day by day, they're missing out on the good, abundant life God really had for them. And that's to be, have a life of peace. If we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we're going to have peace and we're going to have joy. And it's abundant peace and abundant joy. And so everybody has a need that we get into because we're faced with the world. So God wants us not to forfeit our soul. He wants us to live an awesome life through the soul. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to have all supply. He wants us to have every answer from God. And he wants us to experience the fullness of love and his affections on the earth. But we have to recognize what is the need first. Now, it says in Matthew chapter Matthew 6, go to verse, start with 24. I think 24 is going to be a good one to start with. Um, no, that's not it. Oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, that's good. Actually, go back to the other one really quick. I'm sorry. Okay. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one or he will love the other. Okay, so if I wake up every morning and I call unto God, the Son, through the Holy Spirit, first thing in the morning, who is my master? God, that's the right order. But if I get up in the morning and then I go consult my mom, my dad, or people, like you know what I'm saying, about something that God has for your life, you have to know the order of authority. When you go to a job, you have to listen to your what? Boss, no matter what. But when you take that job, you need to consult who? God to have that job and he'll put you with the boss whether the boss is saved or not he's going to put you a place where he wants you everybody's born to a parent right so God already chose your parents <laughs> you can't pick your mom and dad God already did it for you here he said that's the one that you're going to grow up and you're going to listen to that parent you're going to honor that parent right you're going to do that because he, there's already a promise of God I love this. There's a promise that God said, if you honor your mother and your father, that you will have what? Long life. Okay. If we, we need long life. <laughs> so we have a promise. We have a promise that if, what's the promise telling us? If we honor our mother, father. Well, okay. I got to find all the scripture of word that tells me how to honor my mother and father. But then I actually have to apply that where? In the earth. I got to give my mom something. I got to go clean the dishes when she tells me to do something. I need to go clean up my room, make my bed. Anytime my, my parent then tells me to do something, I'm actually sowing a seed into them if I do it. Do you know what I mean? And not just because they ask, just because it's what? A good thing to do. All right. But then the more you do the word and you apply it on earth, all of a sudden your soul starts to change. You could be so rude to your mom, want to yell and scream at them, but then all of a sudden you're just like, I love you, mom. It's like your whole vocabulary changes because your soul got renewed because you planted the right seed. You meditated on the seed. You did that. And God wants to get you his what? Promise. But now you actually have to, you could actually see a kid. Here's a kid. Here's a kid. Here's a young man. Okay, and he actually knows somebody else in his school that struggles with his parents. Okay, 
Well, when he befriends that child, spends time with that child, and then gives something to him, now he's sowing into another person's need. Okay? Or if he sees a kid that's like awesome with his parents, and you're like, wow, I really like what that kid has. So he sows something into that child that already has what he needs. To get what I'm saying? And he blesses that other child. You guys getting this? Yeah. Then he gets blessed because his soul is now starting to accept what God has asked him to do. All right, let me give you another example. Financial. Your need is financial. I'm walking through this chart in different ways. Your need is financial. So I'm going to look up. I wrote down the scriptures God gave me when he was taking me out of debt. My need was financial. The Lord said, where I have you to be, this is what, this came right out of my own spirit. The Lord told me that I would have to come to zero. And he said to me very clearly, he said, you will own nothing, but you will own everything. What I have for you to do, you can own nothing of the world, but I will, you will own everything. Now, this is what the Lord said to me. So that's a what? A promise. Okay, but he gave me scripture to back that up, put the scripture up. First one he gave me was Deuteronomy 28, 13. I'm going to give you the four scriptures God gave me during this time. And I didn't understand what he meant. What does he mean? Go to zero. What did he mean? I could own nothing and I would own everything. So my mind immediately started thinking, I need to sell everything I have, right? That's what my mind started saying. Well, I started planning that out my way. All right. But God kept stopping me because he had to teach me first what he was trying to tell me. He said, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you what? Heed the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. You know what he was telling me? He was like, Lee, I'm now going to give you instruction. I'm going to give you commands. I'm going to tell you what to do. He gave me that verse. So what was I? I was already planning it out myself. But I, he, I, I heard, you will be debt-free. I immediately thought my finances. I owned like 20 homes. I had some cr credit cards. I mean, like I had debt. And I had some things that were good. And I had some things that were not good. And, I, I, and when I got that, I was like, okay. So I immediately started writing out my debt. And then I started planning how I could have it wiped out in 30 days. I already had the, I could be done in 30 days. I had one property. All I had to do was sell. And I could be totally done with all this stuff, right? And then just get rid of all the other stuff. But I got this verse and it said, I will make you the what? The head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If, if, if I did what? Heed the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today. That means he's not talking about me about yesterday. He is going to start giving me instruction every day. Man, when he gave me that, guess what I was doing? Hey, remember we read the verse, get up early. I was up early. I was worshiping him because I knew he was about to give me what? Instruction. When you lock in on this chart, what your promise is, and you dedicate it to God, and you know your need, that's why I put them in blue. You need to know your need first, but then you need to know what are his promises. What has he told you? What has been backed up by a prophet? What things do you know you know? All right, then you start filling in the green. All right, I got to find some seed. I got to find some scripture 
All right, but he'll, the Holy Spirit, this can only be done by the Holy Spirit. You got to invite that Holy Spirit in every day. And you're like, okay, what are you going to teach me today about my promise? See, we, we write out the promise, we confess it, and we don't even ask him to teach us about it. I am serious. We have to be taught about our promise. The first thing he told me was this. I was not going to be the head. I mean, I was going to be the head, not the tail. I was going to be above. You shall be above only and not beneath. But if I, if I heed the commands of the Lord God, which I command you today and are now what, what also he did tell me now I also have to what do them. I have to observe them. That's the first scripture he gave me. Here's the next Romans. So now I'm building my seed. See, I'm building my seed. I'm, I, I confess that word all the time, building my seed. Next one, Romans 13, 8, building my seed, building my seed to get myself debt free. Now I'm going to tell you guys something. My seed isn't your seed. My seed will help your seed if you're trying to get debt free. You have to ask the Holy Spirit which ones. I can tell you right now, that first one, that's going to work for all of you. You know what I mean? But he told me this, 13, 8. I'll never forget. I opened my Bible right to this one morning. I was like, oh, I thought this was so cool. Owe no one anything but to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. I was like, I can do that. I can love everybody. You know what I'm saying? But how can I really love everybody if I'm in debt in my soul? How can I really love everybody if I'm thinking about, oh my God, I owe this much money. Oh my God, I got to do this. Oh my God. Our list of all our debt do you know what I mean? How can I love somebody if I really don't like the person? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, see, God has to remove these things from us. And that's when the Lord said, Lee, I'm going to clear all your finances. You're going to be debt free in one year. I heard that clearly. You'll be debt free in one year, but I'm going to clear some other debt in your soul first. So before the actual fulfillment, and he was blessing me the whole way too. He did. He still gave me things I needed. He never left me unattended. It may not have been on my time. But it was on his time, and his time is never late and always on time. That's why I had to start learning that. That I couldn't say, hey, this is due on this date. You're going to bring it. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. All right. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. That's when the Lord showed me, I'm going to renew your soul, but I'm going to actually start showing you who on earth I need you to start sowing the things that you have on earth. All right? It's really deep. It's a, it's a two-fold work going on at all times. It is the renewing. It's listening to your spirit of God, and it's the renewing of your soul, all forming together. And you can only do this. This can only be birthed out by the Holy Spirit, by a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so he showed me. Oh, no one, anything. To, okay. So could I really love everybody if my soul was all backed up with unforgiveness, shame, rejection? You know what I mean? My soul. So he was going to work some things out of my soul before some of that was going to come about. And he was. Could I give up my jewelry? I mean, when he said, take off all your jewelry, oh, I could have taken that jewelry. I could have sold it. I could have gained money. And then I could have passed out the money or put it towards my debt, right? But that's not how he said it doesn't work that way. He said, I'm asking you to now give away your jewelry. 
to who I tell you to. Because I was going to owe no man but to love them. So one bracelet went to this person. One necklace went to this person. And as it was all dispersing down, I started being lifted up in him. There was a joy because he was going to show me, you're not who you are because of what jewelry you wear. Remember, I was looking at the ring. Love my pearls, right? And then I didn't, it was amazing. Once I gave the last piece, which was I, I mailed the ring off to a jeweler. And the Lord actually used it to pay Rachel's school debt one year. I only got $9,000 for it. But it was cool because I told Lord, whatever I get for that ring, I'll put it towards whatever bill needs to be paid at that time. Well, it took a couple months, but the check came in for $9,000. And when it came in, that's exactly Rachel's school tuition for that year. Isn't that awesome? So it wasn't late. It was on time. Even though I could have probably tried to try different jewelers, I promised God. I said, okay, I'm putting this mail. Jean gave me a jeweler in Florida to send it to. I sent it to that jeweler. And I said to the Lord, and I, I, I held it and I prayed on it. Because I really did love that ring. It would have been nice thing to say. You know, we think we have to hold on to things, but then you can't actually love another until. And he shows, he shows what he's going to do with things. So then when I released it, it wasn't, Rachel was really, you ask Rachel about now. Hey, what do you think of your mom's diamond ring? Oh, I wish I could have that. Like, she was mad I mailed it off, but she didn't know that it actually went towards her education. Do you get what I'm saying? See, God has a plan for everything we messed up without him. I was engaged to a man I wasn't supposed to be married. Okay, I got a diamond ring out of it. But he knew how to redeem that ring and put it into something he needed. Okay? I want you to think about that. So, owe no one anything except for to what? Love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. There is, we, love fulfills the law of everything in the body of Christ. We just have to become lovable people. <laughs> and the only way to do that is we have to get redeemed by his grace. One word at a time. One experience at a time. One release. Because ultimately when our need gets fulfilled, it's because the Father God saw that we have been tilling our soil. He saw that we've been sowing into the earth. Because even Jesus, when Jesus was on the cross, do you know his blood and sweat touched the what? Earth. And that the Father did this. Father God, through his word, he sent his son into the earth. And he started listing promises through the son. And what did he do? His son had to renew his soul. And he had to give his whole body in, 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 in um, crucifixion for us. He gave himself for us, because what was our need? He gave himself for us. He gave in to his need. His need is for us to love him back. His need is for us. Isn't that awesome? See, the Father gave, he, the Father did this, Jesus did this, and now we all have the gift of the Holy Spirit for us to do the same thing. Our life is not fulfilled unless we keep fulfilling this chart. If we, keep, if we don't keep growing and laying a seed of his promise, sowed in a soil, our soul and another, and then our need gets met. Isn't that powerful? Our need is for God. God's need was for, his, for him to redeem the earth back. You know, Gene taught last week that 
This is interesting. You know how Adam fell and what got cursed? Adam or the ground? The ground. But do you know the ground got redeemed? Who knows when the ground got redeemed? Mm -mm. The ground got redeemed when Noah. It's in the book. He, He actually redeemed the curse on the ground through Noah. Not through Jesus. Noah redeemed the ground when he did the instruction. He was told what to do. Build an ark. I'll bring the animals. Do that. I am flooding out the earth because he was mad at all the sin. But he said, I will never curse the earth again. Because why? One man had right relationship with God. Did the horizontal plane instruction with God. And he changed that direction for us. Now, isn't that powerful? Phineas was, a, was an awesome character in the Bible who actually redeemed a measure of peace. Okay? Phineas received the covenant with God of peace because he was willing to actually throw a javelin where God told him to throw it. Do you know what I'm saying? Willing and obedience is not doing what we want. Willing obedience is laying it all out to him and said, what do you want to do with me this year? What do you want to do with me today? What do you want to do with me in a month? And then you're going to hear something. He will tell you something. And then you've got to write that promise. How do you know that promise is his? It gets confirmed by other people. It gets confirmed, but you don't move on it yet. You have to ask God, what word do you want me to stand on? What scriptures do I need to build on my word? Then he wants you to put it in the earth. By what? Confessing it. Our seed is not just the word given to us. It's the word confessed. He's going to want you to declare that word into the atmosphere. And that doesn't mean you believe that word at that time. You're building a relationship with him in your soul. Now you're actually, when you release that word, you're planting it into the soil of your soul just by hearing your own voice. Come on. Anytime you've ever heard your name. Kaylee. You know, when you're in school. Robin. Come to the office, right? (laughs) When you hear your name go out, doesn't it make you stop? Do you know what I'm saying? It makes you... I know she's looking at it. She's like, I've been called, right? Okay. That's what God is doing when he gives you a word. He wants you to speak that word out even when it feels uncomfortable. Okay? Even when it feels uncomfortable, speak it out into the earth. Okay? But then as you're doing that, he's going to give you instruction to do. That's the most important part of this because he wants to get your need met and he wants you to receive his promises. All right, this is awesome. Hey, I don't think I finished that. Go back to Romans 6, Matthew 6, 25. This is really good. What is God trying to accomplish? Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and body, more than clothing. What he's trying to tell us is if we can get this right, a seed of his promise sown into the soil, our soul and the earth of your need. This is what he's doing. He already says, I will provide everything for you. We just don't believe him. 
We just don't, I'm telling you, watching Mamie and Carl, God says, I'm going to take you to zero. Boom, he took him to zero, right? And we've had to witness how they have lived by God's word and word alone. Man, we have watched them live by the word. I love it. Come on, you guys, you get this chart, Mamie? Come on, God gave them a promise, a house, because they need a what? A place to live. So God gives them all these promises about what? A house. And every promise was backed up by a prophet. Okay, they can't really understand this. But now God was going to have to start backing it up with his what? Word. Backing it up with his word. But then they were going to have to look, what do we have on earth to give? The whole part about this, the earth, is we have to give into the earth. So this is the giving section. And we're always going to have to write what we have to give, but we have to give it to an another. Okay? But we give to another who already has what we need. Not because they're going to give us the need. It's because they've accomplished that spot on the earth. Oh, do you get it? Okay. So when we get that, we, we have our list. What do we have on earth to give? Because remember, the word is going to be backed up with an action. All right? So the moment I started giving my jewelry away, whatever God had for me, it came back. Jewelry has come back to me because I took care of something for him. But we have to give something, and we can't ask why or why is it connected. Carl knew to give $45. He sowed $45 into somebody on the earth whose soil, whose soul already had what he needed. Do you guys get this? So we sow into somebody whose soul already has accomplished what we need. Man, and then now we're making everything align. Because when it's time for your receiving, boom, then God takes care of that need. He takes care of that need. Now, this is pretty deep. Is everybody following along with this? If you've already experienced in this ministry, you're getting it. But see, we kind of tend to think of the things about the giving on earth, which is really important part. It locks in because for things to move, it's got to be done vertically and horizontally. If we miss the horizontal, then we miss out on what God, God may ask you to have a stranger come live in your house. He did me. He asked me to have a stranger come live in my house, which was Robin at that time. She was a complete stranger. But the Lord said, take this woman in. Well, I didn't question him because the Lord showed me something already. But if I took her in, then he was going to fulfill a need in me. Do you know what I mean? But it was awesome how God will give you instruction to work with somebody to get a need back to you. Man, our homes are not our own. Our life is not our own. We were bought with a price. And if we give the way he give, the way he gave to us, then we're going to get promises fulfilled just like Jesus was fulfilled a promise. What promise was he fulfilled? That he would go be resurrected what? Back up, sit at the right hand of his father, and he will be our judge. He is now, he is Lord God over us. Because that was the promise God gave him. You go do this for me. You know what I'm saying? Because he promised the earth. He promised he would, he promised to send a savior. He promised to send a redeemer. He promised to send that so we could be redeemed in all things. Even if we sin, we can be redeemed 
in all things, but are we willing to go through this process? Are we willing to identify what is my real need and not be prideful about it? What is your need? If your need is to rectify a relationship, get a better job, make more money that you need, or um, be in health, as God says, we should prosper our soul. Our health will prosper as much as our soul will prosper. If we can write down what our need is and be honest about it, then God will start to show you his what? Promise, because you're spending time with him in the word. Then when he shows you his promise to you, then you actually got to find the scripture that backs it up. All right, because he doesn't want us, he doesn't want us worrying about what we eat, what we drink, what we do. He's already promised to take care of those things. Go to Mark chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. The Lord showed me this. This is the other verse the Lord showed me when he said, when he was trying to redeem my soul into understanding his process, it says, Jesus answered him and said, surely I say unto you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. Next verse. Who shall not receive what? A hundredfold. Now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecution and in the age to come eternal life. See, we are to have the hope in that we are going to go to heaven and we are not, we're going to receive peace and we're going to have eternal life up in heaven. But God already says that we actually can experience a hundredfold return now for what we're willing to give. He's willing to bring it all back to us in the fullness. Sometimes we have, sometimes we have to go through giving something to get something that makes us whole. See, the jewelry I was wearing did not make me whole. So once I gave it, the jewelry I wear now makes me whole. Do you get what I'm saying? Because every piece has come from Jesus or through somebody through Jesus in such a way that I can't deny that he didn't give me the piece of jewelry. Do you get what I'm saying? But that jewelry makes me whole. It doesn't make me better. It came back to make something in my soul whole. See, somebody else, we are all living in seed time and harvest because when somebody sowed something into me because of something, oh, I just have to use Chris. Chris, everybody knows the story. Chris gave me $10, right? Chris sowed $10 in me and he had no money. Chris literally had no money to his name. But he asked me to switch out to give him some change for some money. And I said, I have no money on me. Well, he got somebody else to exchange the money, and then he turned around and gave it to me. Because he said, a woman shall never, shall not have, um, a woman shall never be without money. He was more concerned that I didn't have $10 in my pocket than him having even any money. But do you see what he did? He sewed into another. He sewed into me. He knew I didn't, I, I could go get $20 and go down the bank. But he sewed into my life for something that was in me that would come to him. Not even knowing what he was doing. Does everybody get this? When God has you sow something, you don't even know what you're sowing into. If God has me sow something into Robin, I better do it because there's something in Robin that God has for me and we don't even have to know what it is. We just have to know to do the exchange. This is so deep. And I'm wondering, is everybody getting this? I mean, because if you can get not to try to figure out all the pieces of the puzzle and just walk it out 
Everybody has a need God wants to fulfill. But the first one he's going to take care of is your soul by meditating on that word. But then he's going to do the earth exchange. He's going to have you take something and he's going to have it sew you into somebody. And you can know what it's for, but let him tell you what to do, how much, and what exactly to do with it. Because you'll get the full return. You will get the full return. And it's so beautiful. We tend to segment these things. Oh, I put the soul here. I put my earthly things here. He's, it all comes together at one. Even the father had to send his son, the living word, into an earthly body. And then he had to actually sow his body into the earth for us so that we could have the gift of the Holy Spirit and we could have a relationship reconciled back to God. I mean, this is really deep. We all live constantly. You are all constantly. Everybody in here should be filling in their pieces. What is the thing that blocks you from doing what you're called to do to be in that vertical relationship? I check with you. That vertical relationship. God then has seed for you that he wants you to meditate with him in that vertical relationship. He wants you to remind him. Do you know when the word goes out, it does not come back void? He is building your seed. So when it's time for that word to go back, it does not come back void. How many people have had the word hit them? Boom. It does not come back void. It will do what it was set out to do. And you're like in shock because you've now experienced his power and his true glory. Okay. We don't chase feelings. We experience change and the change changes things. Put up 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15. How many people want God to release, to release something into your life? Okay, then look at this chart and draw it out. Start filling in, applying what you know, be honest. Then let God start revealing, start building a bank, a bank that's never going to come, uh, what, what do they say in the bank account? Come on, help me, Kenrick. Uh, it's not going to be overdrawn. Yeah, it's not going to be in the negative. It'll always be filled with everything you need for the return and the release for God. It's never going to be depleted. All right. Second Timothy says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker. <gasps> We're all supposed to be what? Workers. Okay. We have to go out there to put our hands on things, but we have to be workers of the word. See, I have to tell you, if you guys write your need in the blue and you list all your promises, but you're not willing to do what? Get the, get the work done? Not get your seed? Okay, come on. If you're not willing to build your seed, your word, he can never stamp you approved to apply it on earth. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. Now, I'm going to use this for an example. You ready? We want to be debt free, right? Okay, here's a, here's a good, this is a good word. The word says, I love this. The word says, a heart of peace gives life to the body, right? A heart of peace gives life. To, that could be a word God's giving you to clear your debt. All right, that's a word. But then the second half of that word says, but envy rots the bones. Okay, envy just means you want what other people have. And we don't even know we want what other people have. We don't know it. It can be invisible to us to even know that what we want. 
But if we, if our finances are constantly being drained, depleted, lack of, we're going month to month. Do you know if we're going month to month, then we're living for what other people have. How many people go shopping and they're like, I just have to have it. Right. I like that. Niana's honest. She's like, I have to have it. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, how many people go shopping and then they just have to still buy something every time they go into a store? Hey, I dated a guy. I didn't get it. He had to buy something every day. I'd be like, I could go days and not buy something. I really can. I could go days and not buy something. I, it's just a crazy thing. I even tried to test it. Like, how long can I go without buying something? You know what I mean? But sometimes we just get this edge that we have to keep doing things. But then what, what it means by rotting bones? Bones doesn't mean your physical bones as much as the inner structure of Christ building in you. If a person has to go out and shop all the time and constantly shop, then they're always thinking about what? Shopping. What's the next thing I want? What's the next thing I want to buy? What's the next thing that's entertaining me? What's the next thing I'm looking at? What's, what do I want next? Okay, but sometimes that actually can create rot from the inside out because you're thinking about that more than you're in communing with God, and I'm not saying God doesn't want you to have anything, but he wants you to have him first. Because it says, a heart of peace gives life to the body. Man, He before you get anything, he wants you to have the platform of peace. Okay? So when the word says that, we have to know that word, and we have to rightfully divide and break down that word. How does that word apply to me? Because we can all look at a word and say, I'm not that. But then God might have you meditate, meditate, meditate on it. And then he starts showing you something real about it. It could be in a dream. It could be in something. But then once you start facing that, okay, the first thing would be is do you have peace in your body? If you say yes, then that's good. Do you know what I mean? But if you don't have peace because there's another an ailment, if there's a sickness, then there's something not going. Do you know what I mean? And he will do that. He will bring that upon you so you can have the exchange of a wholeness in your soul. And then he takes the sickness away just like that at the same time. Um, that one is James, no, Proverbs 14.30. All right. Well, I think it's awesome because when you really break this down, God wants you to um, rightfully divide his word. Meditate on it. Let the Lord reveal to you what he's trying to reveal to you. Um, Rachel said to me the other day, she told me something she had to work on. And it was awesome. Like Rachel pointed out on the unforgiveness chart. She said, Mom, I need to work on this. I'm done with this. She said, because it's making me miserable. And I thought it was so beautiful. Well, right out of my heart, I immediately wrote her out a prayer. I said, Rachel, if you meditate on this prayer every day, it's going to get worse. And she knows that already. I said, but then it will get better because her, she needs to take the time with that verse. You know, I just can't teach verses out. You got to go home and take time and rightfully divide that word. So I wrote Rachel all the scriptures that had to do with what she pointed out. And actually it was so awesome because when I read it to her, we could feel the power between us as I was reading her the prayer. And then she said to me, that is me. And I said, well, now you're going to meditate on that. And you'll feel an increase in your soul, like frustration. I said, but keep reading it. Keep reading it. Let it change your thinking. And then the freedom of success will manifest back to you. See, she knows something's been blocking her success. She said, Mom, something's blocking it. I was like, all right, well, let's just, I mean, I already knew what it was. But, you know, you can't tell people. You have to let them figure it out. 
So then when she figured it out, I was like, I, was, I just wanted to jump on her and kiss her and tell her how much I love her. Do you know what I mean? Because when she figured it out, we could write it out. Now we're on it. And today she wrote me a text, mom, I am so frustrated. I was like, good. Did you read the prayer today? Yes. But I was excited because now we're working. God just wants us to work with him. He wants to work with him, but he can never give us our need or our want or our desire until he corrects something in our soul. That's the dispensation we're in. That's the time we're living. God wants to give us a miracle and bless us, but he also wants us to work with him for our self-deliverance, for our growth. He wants, he actually wants to say, we did this together, not I did this. Do you know what I mean? God doesn't want to land something on, he wants to land something on us and he wants us to experience his miracle. That is his miracle, is our change. But he gets so excited when we change because of him, the washing of the water of the word when it really renews our soul and we become a living plant ready so our leaves will never wither. Well, in the word, a leaf means healing. That means when my leaf rubs up against his leaf, my leaf heals his leaf, right? Actually, I mean that cutely. You know what I mean? Our, what we have is for another. That means when all the fruit comes off of me, somebody can take my fruit. And my fruit is not for me, it's for you. Your fruit's not for you. It's for me. Okay. So that's where we become a body that trusts one another. We're not trying to build our own kingdom and get our own fruit and keep our own baskets and see who arranges them the best. It's not that way. Our fruit is for another. And so when we realize a seed of his promise is sown into the soil of your need, you guys getting that statement better now? I mean, have you heard this in the ministry in the church before? You probably heard, you got to sow, you got to sow, you got to sow. You do got to sow, but you also got to sow into your soul. And you got to sow into someone else's soul that has what you need. That's how the body of Christ works. It's so beautiful. When everybody brought all their things to the apostle in Acts, Carrie likes this story. The apostles, when, they, when, when, when Peter was in charge and, he, and everybody brought everything they had to the apostle because they sowed it to the apostle because the apostle had what they needed, which was the fullness of Christ in them, okay? So when he brought, then the apostle would take the things and he would say, you need this. I'm giving you this. You need this. Are you getting the cycle? It is a, the body of Christ is supposed to live and breathe and move in this cycle. You know what I call it? The cycle of resurrection. It's a resurrected life. It's you giving everything of your lack so that God can give you everything that you need. And you're taking care of other people along the way. Your fruit is when it all gets ingathered, the ingathering is coming for October, November, December. Everybody in here has been sowing. Everybody in here has a promise. So now, guess what? The time for distribution is coming out. It's time for now the fruit to be distributed back out. So then we go into this cycle and next year. It's so beautiful when you really connect in the beauty of it all. So like, you know, I know something that the Lord's going to do for me this season. I really feel strongly. It could be this season, it could be next season, but I know it's coming. Because the Lord had me so into someone that already has what I need. And I'm not even knowing I'm doing it. You know, everybody knows, I, I mean, I have an awesome car outside. 
that came from God. And the beautiful thing about it was, I'll never forget, I took Todd with me. I took Todd with me to the bank. I went and got $3,000 out of the bank. And Todd said, what are you doing? I said, I am so in this $3,000. And he was like, really? I'm like, I don't even know why. I think I remember saying that to you in the car. I don't even know why I'm sewing it. Well, do you know I sewed that $3,000? And I sewed it right into not thinking that the person had what I needed. I just sewed in who I was told to sew it. Do you get how that works? You don't pick the person. He tells you the person. You don't analyze what they have. You just do it. Okay? Well, the moment, that's what I'm saying. If we do it by formula, you're just a slave. <laughs> if you're doing it by instruction from the Spirit, then you are a friend. And, you know, friends take care of friends. You know what I'm saying? God wants to take care of us. So when, when I sowed that $3,000, I wasn't thinking a car. I didn't. Now, did I have a need of a car? Yes, it was on my list of needs. It's like Christmas, right? What do you want for Christmas, right? And you don't know when you're going to get it, all right? But I think it's interesting when I look at that year, the time I sowed that, and then the car came. A businessman sowed a car in my life. You know what I mean? And during that time, I started hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. What kind of car would you like? And I'm drying my hair. And I was like, whatever you want to give me. <laughs> prideful. I was very prideful. And I heard it again. What kind of car do you really want? It repeated the same question. I was like, I really love my Mercedes. I really want a Mercedes. You know what I mean? But I would have been happy with any car that I got. But it was amazing how I heard it so clearly. And I remember saying to Jean, I have this weird feeling, Jean, I think I'm getting a car. Like, I felt it. I knew it was coming, but not when I sowed my $3,000. But I looked at the big thing I sowed that year. I knew it. And I, I grabbed Todd one day. I got to go to the bank. Why? I don't know. I just got to sow this money. <laughs> and I did it. But when I did it, I wasn't thinking about saving up my money for a car. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, sometimes we get this so confused because it becomes so false out there where people start giving money as a slave because they think people are always telling you to give money. But sometimes God's having you sow something for something you don't know that you need. We don't know what's in everybody. I don't know what's all in Mary. But if God asked me to do something for Mary, whether give something, do something, I'm going to do it. Where are those shoes? Here's a perfect example today of something that happened today before service. What time is it, guys? 10.45? Okay, we're normally here till midnight. Okay. I just look at Todd. Okay, aren't these pretty shoes? Okay, well, this is a beautiful testimony. Kathy has a granddaughter, Emmeline. Emmeline, these were her shoes. Well, when Emmeline got these shoes a long time ago, she noticed she had noticed that Robin really liked those shoes, and Robin complimented her, Emmeline, for these shoes. Well, now Emmeline grew out of these shoes because she's a teenager, right? So she doesn't wear these shoes anymore. But something hit Kathy to bring these shoes and bring them to. Right, it's just the same like in Goodwill. You know when you take clothes in and you hope that somebody disperses them properly, because you take what you have and you give it for someone else's need. Okay, but there's a spiritual movement to this. There's a spiritual movement. Her sewing these into Robin might bring a blessing of something Robin has onto, onto Emmeline spiritually. Do you see how things can connect people and movement? And the Lord tried to teach this with Paul, with bring everything to the apostles' feet. He will disperse it as need 
but you still had to be willing to give up. And what happened to the couple? There was a couple in there, Aeneas and Sapphira. They said, yeah, we're going to be a part of this and we're going to do it. And then they lied. They sold their land, their soul, did not bring all their money to his feet and tried to keep some for themselves. And what happened immediately? They dropped down and died because they went against what the Holy Spirit was guiding them to do. See, I, that, is, that, that was blasphemy. They repressed what God had blessed for them because they weren't willing to receive and do what God had asked of them. But they also committed to doing it. All right? So when we seek God, we have to seek his counsel on everything. And everything we own, everything we have, everything that we do, because he wants to keep the cycle going. All right, let me finish this up. It comes before we can man manifest anything on earth. It must be birthed in the spirit. That means our heart must go to God and he must instruct us on how to move on earth because he releases the glory. Remember, we don't pray to God and tell him. He knows our need. We tell him our need, but we pray to him on, we, what does love say? Love says, what do you want me to do today for you? Okay. And then he gives you instruction on what to do. All right, we have to be able to move in faith. There's two types of faith, faith and action. When we declare the word that we have on the list, put 1 Kings 2, 3. We have to declare his word, and it reminds us this. And then there's faith and action where we actually have to, we have to actually, that's the, we actually have to pray and decree it out. It says, keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commands, his judgments, and his testimonies as it was written in the laws of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you go. He's already promised us if we'll do this in faith, if we outline this and we think of this in faith and we move in it in faith, do you know he has to make something prosper of it? And then you actually then have a testimony of what God did for you. Do you know what I mean? But you don't know that testimony as you're going through it. You can, everybody can look at that chart and fill it out right now. And tell me how God's already worked one way in their life. All right. We have to watch. I put Deuteronomy 12. I think this is verse 5. Deuteronomy. Oh, no. 12, 7. Deuteronomy 12, 7. And I'm almost done. Praise the Lord. This is definitely teaching tonight. This is teaching. And there, shall, and there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your what? Hands. You and your household in which the Lord your God has blessed you. Deuteronomy 28, 8. Do you know the Lord says that if you're willing to hear him, do with your hands, then he's willing to do this. The Lord will command what? the blessing on you in your storehouses and all to which you set your what hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The land he's giving you is the place in your soul he's redeeming. That's what he's giving you. He is giving you back a place in your soul that Satan has already taken. But he blesses you on the horizontal as you work it out on the vertical. All right, we are to draw to what good 
to what is good. We are to be drawn to what is good. The word tells us what is good. We are to look for God's favor. That's faith. When we have faith in a move, we have his favor. We are not to be a slave of fear, but we are to watch and pray and move as he instructs us. The blessing is promised and was manifested through Jesus. Jesus already showed us how it worked through him, and this is how it worked. We have to remember that we are to hearken the voice so that God can renew our soul. So now God can work through our sanctified soul through Jesus. See, we're still doing it all through the Lord because he had to sanctify our soul for it to work through it. If we keep seeking the kingdom of God and its righteousness, then we were going to receive what? Peace and joy. He will form us. I like this. He will form us to empower us. Man, when he renews and redeems that spot of your soul, he now has formed you to empower you to what? Succeed. Okay. If there's poverty, we are being empowered to what? Fail. Remember Gene talked about that last week? A curse is being empowered to fail. Jesus didn't die for us to be empowered to fail. Jesus died to show us a way so we can be empowered to succeed from the inside out. We all want the providence of God. That is the truth manifest in our life. And it providence means no man can take it. No man can steal it. No enemy can come in and rob your bank. Everything can be built up to, for you to prosper in your needs and all your concerns. Genesis 39, three. Genesis 39, three. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hands. How do you know the Lord is with you? When you watch somebody hear him, follow him, do what he says to do, sowing into people as he has instructed to sow by the spirit. And when you receive, see that person receive the blessing, you know, who's with that person. God is with that person using that person as a vessel to advance the kingdom of God on earth, which is to keep this cycle going, the resurrected Christ, the abundant life we're supposed to experience now. Get it? Okay. It's awesome. We, oh, you know what? We really are the object of Jesus's love. He would have never died for us and sowed his own self if we weren't the object of his love. So guess what? Each one of us needs to be the object of each other's love. We need to be, when we intercede, like, I love that neat story, you interceding for that. The object of her love was Jesus for Robin. It wasn't for Nisi for Robin. It was Nisi with God for Robin. Do you know what I mean? God may not have wanted that car started, but because Nisi interceded, the righteous, God will hear their prayers, right? But then God's still going to decide what his will is for the movement. Do you know what I mean? So she just didn't go to her car because I'm just going to do this. A prompting prompted her to pray for her. Do you get what I'm saying? We can't remember. It's very important to know God doesn't assign us to do everything, but he assigns us to do something. And if it's his assignment, then it will manifest its right action, the outcome. So I want us to keep that in mind. That's how we prosper. Whatever, when Nisi put her hands to that intercession prayer, then it was going to perform. Because she was told to do it. How many of us do things we think that God's telling us and we're missing it? 
We all do that. I laugh because I've done it overzealously. I've given money just because I thought I was supposed to what? Give. Do you know what I mean? And now, praise God, he protects the good at heart. <laughs> he says he recognized we're all learning and growing this. But when we actually give out of this unction power, you don't know why. And it just $45 became a house. $45. You know what I mean? I loved it. He didn't know why he was sowing this $45. But when he did it, it was like it really did release something because he sowed something into someone's soul. He needed a part of what was already redeemed in their soul. More than we need the need, we need the soul redeemed. More than we need the need, we need our soul redeemed. But he's going to use our what? Our hands. He is going to use our hands. So praise God, everybody is not sitting at home doing nothing. That you are out, going to a job, going to a place, doing something every day puts you right in alignment to meet who? People. People. Even Paul worked making tents. And then there's a debate on what a tent is. Everybody thinks a tent's a, you know, but tents back then were also called prayer shawls. So I don't know if Paul made real tents or made prayer shawls. <laughs> it's, it's one of the two. <laughs> hey, people don't know the answer to that. I think it's kind of interesting. I think that's an interesting fact. And you love that, Mason? That's a good fact. So let's make each other, <laughs> let's make each other the object of his affection. You know what I mean? As we leave today and we walk out of here tonight, taking that Jesus died for us, he sowed a seed of his promise, sown into the soil of, of our need. So please meditate on those words, a seed of his promise, not what you, not what you promise yourself, of his promise sown into the soil of your need. That is really deep. If you keep meditating on it and keep meditating on it, God will start showing you where you've already done it and you've received the person you sowed in. It wasn't about they had a great car, so I'll get a great car. Or they had a great house and I got a great house. No, the first movement is the redeeming of your soul. So we sow into somebody thinking, I love how God sets us up. How many times has God set us up and he has us does things that we really don't want to do, but we think we kind of want to do it, but we do it out of kind of the wrong thing, but he's getting us on the right track. Does that make sense? Anytime I try to figure him out, I, I like how Kendrick tries to stop his little laugh there. <laughs> you have a hearty laugh, and then when he stops it, <laughs> come on, laugh, Kendrick. No, Kendrick is so cute. All right, but anyway, it is. I love your hearty laugh. When you get that little hearty laugh, does everybody know about Kendrick's hearty laugh? Okay, did I embarrass you, Kendrick? Okay, um, okay, so praise God. Did everybody, was this a good teaching tonight? This really was teaching, and I know it was kind of deep. But draw out that chart and take it and apply it. Think of what is something God has promised you, but then find all the Search. Stamp yourself approved. That's what I liked about her story. She knew God was going to heal her. She knew God could heal. Now, did she really know when and how? But she believed it enough that he could stamp it approved and do it to her and give her the miracle of the healing. Everything God does for us is a miracle because it's not done within our own ability. It's done because we've been able to hold nothing into ourselves and give it all. And that's what he expects from us, to give it all as we grow and learn. So let's raise our hands. Raise our hands. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you. We honor you with our whole heart, our soul, and our body. Lord, help us to know how to take a seed 
of your promise and sow it into a soil of our own need. So, Lord, help guide us, help draw us, help direct us with doing the things in the spirit and then manifesting on earth. earth. Help us to discern the moves and the ways. Your word says to watch and to pray. Let's temptation lead us away. So, Lord, we just... We just ask you to protect us so we do not get led into the temptation. And we will promise to stay watchful and prayerful of your way. So, Lord, I thank you that as we seek the kingdom of God and your righteousness, that you are faithful to bring our soul at peace and to give us a heart of joy, one that the enemy cannot steal nor rob nor take. So, Lord, I ask you to fill everybody's barn up with the fullness of his word and for the fullness of the instruction on what to do so they can walk out faith in action. Lord, I thank you. I honor you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.